This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. And now it's time for a deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo Show, only on The Fan. And the Buck Baloo Show punches the clock on The Fan. 680 and 93.7. How's your day going? Let's get this week started Tuesday morning here in Atlanta. And is that the sun shining out there? The sun came up, Chuck. As we head into the spring, last day of February, make the most of it. We've got Road Dog ready. Derek Thomas is ready to go. And we've only got 42 minutes of content. We better get started. Bucks Big Take. And we started, as always, with, uh, well, Bucks Big Take. The Falcons get busy at the Combine starting today with General Manager Terry Fontenot meeting with the media at this very moment. Now, he's going to tell you nothing except how he and Coach Arthur Smith have made improvements and how the team is getting closer to being a winner. Selling hope. But let's be real for a minute. The Falcons have a boatload of needs. Quarterback, right tackle, left guard, center, receiver, defensive line, linebacker, cornerback. No wonder Coach Arthur Smith is ducking the media right now. Now, sure, he did that Falcons interview, but he won't be meeting with the rest of the media. Arthur wants to dodge all those personnel questions that Fontenot has been hired to fix. Not that Smith is blameless. Right now, it seems he's doing a real good job of rendering number one pick Kyle Pitts useless as an inline blocking tight end instead of featuring him as a big a big receiver. Now, yesterday I laid out a plan to take the draft's top-rated cornerback at eight. Perhaps the Falcons can figure out the rest of the plan this week in Indianapolis. Otherwise, us Falcons fans are staring at a sixth consecutive losing record. I can't remember the last time we were a winner. And there's the big tag. Too hard on them? I think not. We're just keeping it real here on the Belusia. Got some other NFL news we're going to bounce around and talk about as we get the show started today. Looking at the quarterbacks at the Combine, coming up on Saturday, you'll get a chance to see C.J. Stroud throw that football again. You'll see Will Levis throwing, Stetson Bennett throwing, Anthony Richardson throwing. Uh, Bryce Young says he's just doing interviews. Now, look, Bryce Young, I'm sure the competitor that he is, wants to go out and throw. But what's happened is Bryce Young has been advised by his inner circle 
There's no need to go out and throw. You're already the number one rated quarterback going into the draft. You can only hurt yourself. Bryce Young won't be working out either doing any of the drills, only doing interviews. And I guess the medicals, the teams that want to check out that shoulder. Uh, the top-rated defensive lineman, Jalen Carter, out of the University of Georgia, the Bulldog, the dog. He's not doing workouts. He's only meeting, interviewing, and doing physicals. Why? <laughs> He's already the number one rated interior defensive lineman in the draft. As his agent is telling him, look, you can only hurt yourself, so don't do that other stuff. Will Anderson Jr. says he's going to do some of the drills. Didn't didn't say which ones. And the other uh, top-rated edge rusher, Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. No workouts for him. He's got a foot injury he's trying to get over. So we'll see the uh, Thursday, we'll see the defensive linemen and linebackers on the field. Friday, the defensive backs. Saturday, quarterbacks, receivers, tight ends. Sunday, offensive linemen. Yeah, here we go again. They, they put the offensive lineman last. Sign of disrespect, isn't it? Those guys should be up front. Former quarterback talking here. And then the, uh, the big news coming out of the draft here as we head into this part of the process. The Chicago Bears sitting with the first pick of the draft. And their general manager, Ryan Poles, admitted... Over the last 24 to 48, the Bears are shopping that number one pick. Well, yeah. And I'm sure they are uh, answering the phone calls coming in from the Colts, the Texans, and one of our rivals in the NFC South, the Charlotte Panthers, looking for a quarterback. Now, the number one pick has been traded 12 times since the leagues combined back in the 60s. Last time, 2016, when the Rams went uh, traded up to get Goff from the 15th spot, moved up to one, got Jared Goff there in 2016. Buck, you were just talking about teams looking for a quarterback. Well, some breaking news. There's a new quarterback on the market. The Falcons have officially released Marcus Mariota. Yeah, Mariota, he, he wasn't coming back. He's, he's moving on. Gone. Mariota. And we opened up some more cap space. $12 million, I believe. Which is a good thing. Yeah, I heard Dan Orlovsky yesterday uh, talking about how you got the Falcons and the Panthers in the NFC South have an opportunity to grab hold of the top spot by adding, upgrading the quarterback position. And that's what it, you know, you got the Panthers. They got a really good roster other than the quarterback spot. Uh, you know the Falcons roster and what's going on there, so no need to tell you about that. Need to upgrade the quarterback spot, though. And you can do that. You might own this division over the next three, four, five years, which would be a wonderful thing here in Atlanta being that, well, we've lost, had a losing record five years in a row now. But the Buccaneers, down. They're looking for a quarterback, too. You got the Saints, down. Which is, 
I don't know why that puts a smile on my face, seeing the Saints down. I guess it's because we don't really like the Saints a heck of a lot here in the ATL. Never have, never will. So an opportunity to uh, grab a hold of this division by making a couple of really good moves. Drafting the right guy. Signing the right guy. Come on, Falcons. We're counting on you. And I can't wait to see these quarterbacks throw on Saturday. Levis might get intercepted three, four, five times, throwing it around. Oh, wait, they don't have defensive backs out there at the same time. Anthony Richardson wondering how many guys he's actually going to hit. Not the most accurate quarterback out there. C.J. Stroud's going to show off. See, C.J. Stroud's looking to move up to the number one quarterback. This draft process coming into the combine, you got young number one, Stroud number two on most everybody's list. Stroud looking looking to move up to number one by showing off the arm, the accuracy, the anticipation, while Bryce Young stands over and watches. And there's a little NFL talk for you there as we get the show underway. Tell you this uh, Richardson hype, I'm, I'm a little surprised by it. A little surprised. Now, he is the kid out of Florida. And what a good-looking athlete he is. Took some time last night. Uh, not a lot going on. Checked out North Carolina, run the floor there in Tallahassee, but had some time to dive into Anthony Richardson. Wanted to get a different, uh, another look at him. And uh, I queued up the Georgia-Florida game, checking out Richardson specifically and wondering what all these, well, not everybody, but there are a lot of NFL personnel guys, coaches and uh, front office folks that are blowing him up. I mean, it's looking like some of these mock drafts you're seeing around there. You got Anthony Richardson going in the top 10 of the first round. So I took a look at him uh, once again, and here came away with these impressions. Number one, in the pocket, you're seeing Richardson, at least the previous football season, making a lot of poor decisions with the football in the pocket. Seeing him checking the ball down a lot when he's got some open receivers down the field, and a lot of the time it's on third down. Third down at 8, third down at 10, third down at 12. He's checking the ball down. And then you look downfield and you're saying, okay, he could have he could have fit the ball into this receiver for a first down. So here's a guy that's got a lot of work to do as far as the decision-making goes inside the pocket. He also missed some open receivers in the Georgia game. So not as accurate as you would like your quarterback to be. And I left after watching the first half thinking that Anthony Richardson has no business being in the draft. Should have gone, should have returned to the University of Florida to polish up his game, to improve his skill set, to get better. Go back to Florida for a a second year as the starter to develop into a first-round pick. Because I don't look look at Anthony Richardson as being a first-round pick. Unless you're looking to take a guy that's really physically gifted and watch that guy sit on the bench for two to three years. Developing with zero playing time. 
which is a hard thing to do. Develop when you're not playing. That is a really, really hard thing to do. But there's some teams buying in, man. They're going to draft this kid, and they're going to feel good about the talent and the skill set. And then they're going to sit and try to develop him on the bench for a couple of years, which seems a little bit crazy if you ask me, but that's just me. Coming back on the other side, man, we're going to chop it up, talk a little Quinn Snyder. And the Bulldogs got some good news here recently. We'll get into that, too. It's the Buck Baloo Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business. And it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Try to see things my way. Do I have to keep on talking? Got the Buckaloo Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. We are streaming at 680thefan.com. You can click and watch when we're in studio and also listen on the Fan app. And that is driven by Beaver Toyota of Coming. Beaver Direct, fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next car. Visit beavertoyotaofcoming.com and see what wow really means. They're good at that up and coming. In our neck of the woods. Looking forward to the golf tournament coming up March 10th. I've got a team in there. March 10th still, still sounds so far away, but it's it's not really that far away. Yeah, it'll be here before you know <laughs> it. You know, I'm already hoping that we'll get a good day for the event. This time of the year, I can already imagine it's raining cats and dogs, which would eliminate the chili dip open. So hoping for a good weather day and looking forward to teeing it up, man. I'm going to have uh, Pete Smith has agreed to play, the former Braves pitcher. And my man Kevin Butler is going to be in there, too. Both those guys can really stripe it. I mean, they can they can roll the rock, too. And so one spot open. I've got an invitation out to Fox 5 meteorologist David Chanley, one of the best putters that I've ever been around. Really? Chanley is automatic you, been from, around, ins, from inside 15 to 20 feet. You've been around some good putters, Buck. That's saying something. I'm telling you, man, he can go. And to have him there putting first, what a great advantage that would be. So holding out hope, Chanley is going to be able to go. I'm trying to, you know, influence him to yeah, get somebody to say, hey, man, I heard Baloo talking about the inviting you. You hadn't agreed to play yet. What's going on? Did you tell him about the chili, Buck? Yeah, uh, you know, the chili's good. I, I told him where the, the tournament was, Bears Best, which oh. would probably uh, get his attention more than the chili. 
Shanley's in great shape, you know. 680 The Fan, Bears Best Atlanta, kicking off our golf season with the annual Chili Dip Open, benefiting First Tee Metro Atlanta. First big golf tournament of the year now sold out. You can't sign up at this point in time. You waited too long. What were you doing? Want to thank our great sponsors, though. Of course, Bears Best, Tito's Handmade Vodka, Kroger, Guffey's Menswear of Atlanta since 1963, making men look sharp. Anderson Power Services, Corona Beer, PGA Tour Superstore, Harris Cherokee Casino and Resort, Hennessy Jaguar. Land Rover, Gwinnett, The Color Spot, Beaver Toyota, Entry Point Windows and Doors, and the Haug Baron Law Group. Looking forward to teeing it up. For the latest on the Braves, it's time to go shopping. Yeah, let's shop it up a little bit. Braves taking on the uh, Twins today in Fort Myers. Boy, uh, back when the Braves were in Orlando, that was, that was the trip that nobody wanted to make. Now, though, in Northport, just a uh, hop, skip, and a jump to Fort Myers taking on the Twins. Ian Anderson starting today is going to show off that improved slider that he has. Hoping that's going to be a really good pitch for him. Got Acuna leading off, Olsen second, Riley third, Murphy cleanup, Harris fifth, Albies sixth, DHing, Rosario seventh, Arcia eighth, and Grissom hitting ninth. Now, did you see what Freddie Freeman was saying, man? Freddie Freeman complimenting Braves rival, the New York Mets. Braves fans, <laughs> going to be a little upset with this one. Freddie telling the media, man, he, and I quote, loves what the Mets are doing, quote, unquote. Talking about how they're spending big. And merely saying, look, they just want to win. And I've been saying for years, here on uh, 680 The Fan, a couple of decades, as a matter of fact. I've been saying the Mets hadn't changed. They're trying to buy a championship. You can't buy a championship. Come on, man. And, Freddie, what are you doing complimenting the Mets? Now, a lot of talk about the uh, pitch clock going on. Hearing a lot of this talk. Spencer Strider talking about the pitching clock. Uh, the pitch clock said he uh, feels like a quarterback now. But he was telling the media, he's watching the play clock. He's reading the defense. He's trying to get the ball out on time. Feeling like a quarterback. He's not getting hit like a quarterback, I can tell you that. Not with the stuff he's got. Got some giddy-up on that fastball. Uh, the plan for Strider is to have a default pitch... When time's running out and still a little confused on what they're going to throw. Now, he's not telling what that is, but I'm guessing it's the 100-mile-an-hour fastball. A little confusion. The clock's running down. we got to make a decision. I'm throwing the heater, baby. And then when you uh, start trying to catch up to that, he's probably going to mix in the change. So beware. I saw Matt Scherzer, too, now with the Mets talking about how he is looking forward to taking advantage of the pitch pitch clock. Uh, it feels like it is something that that he's going to be able to uh, weaponize and use against the batter. Scherzer, it's not like he needs an advantage anyway, but he's looking for one. And so... Uh, 
guess he is... He's going to alternate it. Uh, there are going to be times where he's going to get the ball back and he's going to throw it immediately. So he's going to pitch quick. And then there, uh, the next pitch, he might wait and go slow until the final second is off the pitch clock. And then he's going to throw. He's going to wait and go fast. He's going to go fast and then go slow. He's going to alternate those things, trying to mess up the hitter. I went back, you know, the uh, watching Cal Conley, uh, the big controversial finish to the Braves game this past Saturday, well, where uh, Cal Conley was at the plate with the bases loaded, last inning, tie ball game. He's in the box. His feet are set. He's waving his bat. And he, he's like looking down at, at the plate. And because of that, the ump called him out, man. And game over. And went back and watched this, you know, like 10 times. And the pitcher hadn't even started from the stretch yet. He's in the box with both hands on the bat, and the ump just caught him looking down. I think that's a little nitpicky to me. In fact, I think it's a lot nitpicky. Didn't like it one bit. I mean, the outcome of the game decided by the... And that's the thing I I don't want to see. You know, I'm all for speeding up the game, and I never did like the batter that stepped out of the box and adjusted his batting gloves and then stepped back in and then stepped back out and then stepped back in. I never did like those things. But as a a former outfielder and a guy that had the bat in my hands, I mean, you need a little bit of time to, you know, consider what the pitcher is about to throw your way. So I don't like this uh, right now as far as the offensive player is concerned. Limiting the time that you have to consider what the pitcher is coming after you with on the next pitch. In fact, I think I've got a fix to this. Uh, DT, uh, Road Dog, see what you think about this. Why don't they go with the pitch clock for the first eight innings of the game? Ninth inning, turn it off. It, it, I literally was thinking about that yesterday, Buck. And that, and then, like, can you imagine just game six of the NLCS or something like that? Even then in, like, the sixth, seventh inning. And actually, Matt Chernoff brought it up yesterday. Sometimes, I mean, think about it. When there's 40,000, 50,000 people yelling, and sometimes the guys are going to have to step off and just wipe the brow with the intensity of those moments. Um, but... It's kind of like at the end of the Super Bowl. Can we can we call the game differently at the end than we did the rest of the game? Well, should the game be decided by a pitch clock yeah, violation? I don't think anybody I wants mean, that. I mean, the objective is to speed up the game. I can think of a handful of umpires that would love that. Otherwise, nobody wants that. Look, the objective is to speed up the game, and I'm all for that. But should the game, the outcome of the game, be decided by a pitch clock violation? After seeing it for the first time last Saturday... I don't like it. I mean, allow the big moments to breathe a little bit. I think the fix is to turn the clock off in the ninth inning. Not that they'll ever do that. but Well, we are just beginning, and yeah, I mean, I, that does seem crazy to do like right now, but th- you can imagine they will tinker with this as, I mean, this is just year one. We haven't even had a, a real baseball game with it yet. So Maybe they're being hard on them right now. You're right, yeah. And the the rule, hey, we're, yeah. we're serious. You better be in there, right? But again, the reason why the batters are stepping out of the box 
is to go through the variables. All right, he just threw me a fastball. Is he coming back with another fastball? Is he going to throw me the breaking ball? Is he coming inside? Is he working outside? I mean, you don't have time to do these things with the shot clock uh, or the uh, the pitch clock out there. I mean, you're just going to have to get in the, the box and hope for the best. I don't think that's... Uh, good for the game either. And what if the manager in the middle of the count decides he wants to put on a hit and run or he wants the guy to lay down a bunt? Or, well, mean, yeah, we don't do those things anymore. <laughs> I guess not. We're yeah. just looking for the jack. <laughs> the three run. Stay bomb. in there. Either walk or get you a home run. All right, let's talk about the big story here over the last couple of days, and that is the Atlanta Hawks, baby, getting a new coach in the middle of the season. Quinn Snyder met with the media yesterday and spoke about taking the job. I think I had a good idea about the things that were important to me. And, you know, the process of getting to know Landry, Kyle, seeing the things that, that were important to them and important to Landry in particular were things that just lined up with, with, with what I was looking for. You know, someone that's, you know, not just bright, but creative and innovative, understands, I think, the resources and the, the commitment it takes to, to really build a program. And as much as anything, just the character that's that's here in the front office was something that, that I really wanted to find that type of partnership. Yeah, Quinn Snyder won the press conference yesterday. My grade, I give him an A+. He was very patient with some of the questions. He didn't act as though he was smarter than the room. He was very complimentary of the Atlanta Hawks organization said and acted exactly the way you want your new coach to act. Very impressed with Quinn Snyder yesterday. And it was good to see. Now, I am fascinated about what we're going to see tonight. I was just about to ask you, Buck. This is, this is uh, I don't want to say unprecedented. I'm not the biggest NBA historian, but even I was talking to home team earlier. Like He, he said he can't remember this happening. No, you bring in a brand new coach with 21 games left. Yeah, and in the middle of uh, a run toward the playoffs. So, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> no camp, no. I mean, it's not like no we're practice. In, they haven't even had a practice be- uh, yet, Buck. Yeah, I know. It's not like, you know, we're in last place and the season's basically over. It doesn't really matter what you do or how you do it. This team's in the middle of trying to secure a playoff spot. And you got a new coach taking over. And a guy that, as I've been mentioning over, you know, yesterday and then on Friday, anticipating he would be hired that he does he's going to run the offense differently than what we've seen under Nate where you've got the pick and roll thing going with Trey and Capella or Okongwu and then you've got these these shooters stationed around the three-point line he's more about ball movement player movement so I'm fascinated to see how Quinn's going to go about uh, coaching up this team in the last 20 some odd games we talked about moving one out the ball and i really want to see trey young buy into that personally yeah and trey young uh has been taking far too much criticism in this town and i know there's uh, one sports talk guy in particular that that took it on the chin and he has not backed off the best i understand it but you know i think trey is, is a guy that's underappreciated uh you know we're we're easily uh can easily criticize these players here in atlanta for some reason but you know ran across uh ran across a couple of things that i wanted to throw out there right now just to show what kind of star player we've got in trey young i mean the fifth player in nba history with 550 assists 
in each of his five seasons in the league. And my first thought was, wait a minute, five seasons? It's already been five years with ice-cold Trey in town? And went back, sure enough, this is his fifth year. Now, here are the other guys that have been able to accomplish that. Tim Hardaway, Isaiah Thomas, Norm Nixon, always like Norm, and the uh, all-time great legend Oscar Robertson. Trey, uh, one of five guys now, and what an elite list that is of great ball distributors. Trey uh, has done something that a lot of these uh, all-star point guards hadn't even come close to doing. And then here's the other one. Trey Young, the second player in NBA history with 8,500 points, 3,000 assists in his first five seasons. The only other player in NBA history that has accomplished that feat is the great Oscar Robertson. Tell you what, there are a lot of people criticizing Trey Young around this town. I've heard it. And I think they need to take another look at it. Show a little uh, respect. This guy is balling. Now, has his attitude uh, wavered a little bit through the two coaches and some of the things that went on? Well, yeah. But show the man some respect. And this guy's doing things that the all-time greats have done. Embrace Trey Young. He's our star. Embrace him. Put your arms around him. Love on him. And let's go get him, man. Hopefully this new coach, Quinn Snyder, is going to get the job done. Looking forward to it. Let's get to the round table. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25-20, far sideline, 15-10, 5, get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. A kick overnight into today. All these people I'm reading and hearing that are saying Glenn Schumann is back. Glenn Schumann never left. He never lay, he never resigned. He went and interviewed for a job. And Kirby Smart uh, pushed him out the door to go interview with the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia. Just for the experience. Not like Glenn Schumann was going to get the job. Go be a part of the interview process. You're going to learn something through this because down the road, you're going to get one of these jobs. Glenn Schumann never left Georgia, and he's back as the co-defensive coordinator and play caller in the upcoming season. Uh, Beyond 2023, I mean, who knows? Uh, Who knows where you're going to be this time next year? Who knows where I'm going to be? This time next year, Glenn Schumann is an outstanding football coach. He can coach you up with the X's and O's. He is an awesome guy building relationships and helping Kirby build the culture there at the University of Georgia. Excellent recruiter. I mean, there's so much to like about Schumann, but I'm so glad he's coming back. He's done a great job with those inside linebackers. And uh, good news, he's going to be a part of the Bulldog defense in the upcoming season. Kirby had it covered, though, just in case 
Will Muschamp ready to step in. And I'm still sort of blown away, too. And when you hit that part of the storyline, when you mention Will Muschamp, the negativity that overflows with that. Will Muschamp has always been, when he's had the opportunity as a defensive coordinator, he's been outstanding. And all this criticism surrounds the job that he did as a head coach at Florida and at South Carolina. Negative, negative, negative. That's exactly what it is. He's been an outstanding coordinator. Who would have a problem with that in their right mind? I'm just saying. Uh, Dogs baseball coming up on a big week this week. The three-game series with Georgia Tech will get underway on Friday in Athens at Foley Field. SEC Network's going to have it Friday night. A 6 o'clock first pitch, Bulldogs and Jackets going at it. And then on Saturday uh, in Atlanta, down on the Tech campus, 2 o'clock first pitch, game two of the three-game series. You can find that on the ACC Network. And then Sunday, the finale will go down in Lawrenceville at Cool Ray Field, home of the Gwinnett Stripers, Braves AAA team. 3 o'clock first pitch there, SEC Network will have that one for you there on Sunday. So a uh, three-game series coming up at the end of the week between Georgia and Georgia Tech, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Looking forward to seeing some of that. How about you? Scott Strickland, we're efforting him coming to uh, come on the show here sometime soon. And okay. uh, maybe, Thanks a lot, Buck. Maybe we'll have some news about getting Strick on here sometime soon. And then uh, Georgia's going to take on Georgia Southern the first next week. Got a two-game series with the Eagles. Uh, in North Augusta on Tuesday, and then in Statesboro on Wednesday. So the uh, college baseball season, rocking and rolling, man. Never did get a clear answer on what the coach at Tennessee was up to. There was some kind of recruiting violation that kept Vitello out this past weekend. Understand he has been cleared. He will be back in there. There was some recruit that's coming in to play shortstop for the volunteers. Had something to do with his recruitment. But the player's been cleared. Tello's been cleared. It's like it's a full go for Tennessee baseball moving forward. So they were outstanding last season. Came up a little bit short. But uh, should be a force again this year as we uh, mix in on college baseball. You don't hear a lot of college baseball talk in sports talk radio, but you might hear a little more of it here on the Baloo Show. 2023 putt for a Porsche's back. Round two coming up at PGA Tour Superstore Sugarloaf. Want to congrats Scott from, uh, congratulations to Scott from Canton and Blair from Swanee. The first two finalists for 680 Defense putt for the Porsche and a shot at one putt to win a Porsche Macan. Your next chance to get registered is with uh, Nick and Chris coming up Friday, 11 to 2 at the PGA Tour Superstore in Lawrenceville. Stop by and sign up for a chance to sink a putt and get qualified for the uh, Porsche Macan from Hennessy Porsche North Atlanta. Finalist is guaranteed to win a Breitling Avenger automatic stainless steel watch from Brown and Company Jewelers. And all 16 grand prize qualifiers receive a Mizuno M-Craft, Mizuno M-Craft putter valued at 300 bucks, and a PGA Tour Superstore gift card. For more information and official rules, visit 680thefan.com. So go out and get qualified and get ready to win. The mighty Gators have fallen. I'll explain coming up next here on the Buck Baloo Show. The fans, 680 and 93.7. This morning in North Carolina... 
Wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Listening to the Buck Baloo Show here on the fan. Nick and Chris are coming up next, so stick around for that. They've got the Southern Company Business of Sports segment they do each week on the show. It's presented by Southern Company. This impacting business in Atlanta and the local sports scene. Nick and Chris have got it. With the business of sports, presented by Southern Company, building the future of energy for all the customers and communities they are privileged to serve. And Nick and Chris will have a lot more than just that, but uh, that's part of their show. During the week, let's get to a college football nugget, brother. Mmm, tasty. Time for the College Football Nugget, presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Gators have hired a new defensive coordinator, and dude, he's in his 20s. 29 years old, Austin Armstrong. He was on Nick Saban's Alabama staff as the linebacker coach for one whole month. Or Billy Napier swooped in and offered him this defensive coordinator's job. He was the D.C. at Southern Miss for a couple of years. Patrick Toney, they were all three together down at Louisiana with the Raging Cajuns. Uh, Toney jumped ship, bolted to the Cardinals in the NFL. He's probably concerned that his buddy Napier was going to fire him. Uh, last season, Gators gave up 29 points per game. That wasn't good. Number 97 in college football in total defense when you add up all the yardage given up. And they allowed a third down conversion rate of almost 50%, 49.7. Only two teams in all of college football were worse than that. That's hard to do. <laughs> How down are the Gators? Well, consecutive losing records in the SEC for the first time since 1959. Turd, I can say that, right? Oh, wow. Florida 6-7 and seven last season. So what are the realistic uh, expectations for the fighting Gators in 23? <laughs> uh, I would say 4-8. and eight. Five and seven. Oh, five and seven if they can find a way to beat Arkansas. You throw out the record books when Arkansas and Florida get going, Buck. They are staring down at a third consecutive losing season. You know, there was a day in time uh, when Coach Spurrier was running things. There was a little bit of arrogance surrounding that Gator program. 
And look what Mullen's done to them. They have fallen and they can't get up. More of a stench around the program nowadays. Unbelievable. What in the world is going on with the Gators, man? I have to say from this seat, though, I don't really feel sorry for them. Really, Buck? I'm shocked. Yeah, I don't really feel sorry for those guys. <laughs> I thought this would have you down no, on a Tuesday talking really about how about bad it. the Florida Gators are at football. Yeah, it's not that big a deal, I don't guess. For, for the Gator fan, it is. Man, they are they are upset down there. They don't like this at all. So, uh, yeah, it gives us a little time to talk about the big news that are coming down with Marcus Mariota being released by the Atlanta Falcons. And I had my oldest son, who was in high school, uh, just hit me up via text. And he says, uh, Dad, you see the Falcons release Mariota. And then he says, does that mean we're trying to get Lamar or another quarterback? Shouldn't he be in, like, math class or something, Buck? Well, I mean, there there was a moment, uh, <laughs> a moment where you've got a chance. Maybe it was between classes. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, I think he is the responsible son. That would be Braden. Does it mean we're trying to get Lamar or another quarterback? Absolutely, it does. I mean, do we read that much into this? This was we like, got to get another quarterback. Well, this was going to happen. I mean, yeah. I mean, it freed up twelve million to spend on free agents. Uh, we got plenty of money to spend. If we could just, we're going to have to overpay to get some of these free agents to come into a team that has four straight losing seasons. I mean, let's be real here. We're going to have to overpay to get some of these guys to come in. That's just the way it's going to be when you've had four consecutive losing seasons. Players would rather get money and go play for a winner than get money and come play for a loser. So you got to overpay. And this frees up a little more cash to do that. And I told Braden, I said, look, he did not want to come back to be QB2. I mean, they've already basically told him, uh, look, if you come back, you're not competing for the starting job, which is sort of like saying we don't want you. We don't really want you here. Well, are there many franchises in the NFL that would welcome in welcome him in with the idea of competing for the starting job? Well, in this situation, I would say, yeah, I'd want to bring a quarterback that can come in and compete. I'm not handing Desmond Ritter the starting job based on what I saw off the four final games of last season. Now, if you're going to say we're not going to give you a shot to compete because of the way you did us a year ago, where you came up with this uh, this injury that came out of nowhere and then you didn't show up for the final games of the season, then so be it. But, yeah, clearly the Falcons are looking for a quarterback. Clearly the Atlanta Falcons are in on Lamar Jackson. Clearly the Falcons are looking at maybe bringing in a Jimmy Garoppolo. Clearly they're not convinced that Desmond Ritter is going to be the guy. I mean, it would be foolish to sit here at this point in time after those four games we saw last season and say, we've got our quarterback. We've got our quarterback of the future, and it's Desmond Ritter. Not even the Falcons are that uh, foolish. <laughs> Not even the Falcons. I was trying to come up with a different term. Well, I'm trying to be nice. This is my team, by the way, so... You know, I'm not sitting here wanting to criticize. Is there any chance that the Falcons are thinking about drafting a quarterback in the first round? 
I would say, hey, yesterday take the top-rated cornerback on the board and then maybe in the second round get Darnell Wright in here, the Tennessee right tackle that uh, gave up zero, zero sacks allowed blocking for Hendon Hooker last season. That's what I'm thinking. And then maybe in free agency bring in a quarterback that could be your quarterback until Desmond Ritter maybe is ready to go. I am, I'm not convinced he's the guy. Let's get to the final word. Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers. Keeping Georgia green since 1955. Yes, sir. And the final word actually is, well, it's on the Atlanta Falcons. And we end with some bad news today. No, it's not Mariota's not coming back. If you were, if you Falcons fans were hoping to see our team add a big-time defensive tackle to play next to Grady, and you were hoping then that guy that, that guy was going to be Darren, uh, Deron Payne. Well, chances are we're not getting Deron Payne. The Washington Commanders have hit him with the franchise tag. Now it's the non-exclusive franchise tag, which would pay him basically $19 million in the upcoming season. There are only four interior defensive linemen making more than that. But uh, the Falcons would have to sign Deron Payne to a big-time, multi-year, big-money contract offer sheet and then be willing to give up two first-round picks to get him in here. Let me just go out on a limb and say the Falcons aren't going to do that. So maybe we find that defensive tackle in the draft or in free agency, but... Hey, Deron Payne and Grady Jarrett, that would have been that would have been awesome for the Falcons up front on that defensive line. <clears throat> all right, uh, we got the podcast park that's got all of our podcasts here at 680 The Fan. Want to invite you to check that out. It's brought to you by Associated Credit Union. Go to thepodcastpark.com. I've got episode 82 up right now, talking Braves baseball again. Uh, episode 81, Frank Coor and I discussing some of the Braves storylines heading into the season. Episode 82 dropped a few days ago. Again, talking more Atlanta Braves baseball with the legend himself, Dale Murphy. Go to thepodcastpark.com, brought to you by the Associated Credit Union. It's going to do it for my show. Nick and Chris are coming up next. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Thank you, Buck. Okay, thanks a lot, Buck. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.
The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.